Welcome to the Bruins Benders Podcast, Season 2, Episode 16, Hot Mike with Maddie and Smitty, brought to you on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. InsideTheRink.com is your one-stop shop for all your NHL and PHF news, insight, and analysis. Follow on Twitter at Inside underscore the underscore rink and download the Inside the Rink app to get everything on the website, run in your phone. And Smitty has some info about our partnership with ESPN+. Yeah, watch the Bruins on ESPN Plus by signing up for ESPN Plus on the InsideTheRink.com website. I have ESPN Plus, and I love all the out-of-market NHL games, college hockey, soccer, college basketball, and I just found out today, golf. Over 35 oh, tournaments on ESPN+. Okay. Plus. So you can, right. you can get all the sports over there. Sign up uh, at, for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. PN. And we're heading into March. We get some March Madness. You get some oh, conference yeah. tourneys. Sure yeah, you do. You're all, you're all over the SPM Plus. Yeah. So sign up today. You should. Um, everybody should. You, you really should. Every, everybody, if everybody does it, then we'll be on a trip somewhere. Yeah. Probably we'll watching a, a Bruins game around. somewhere. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We'll just go visit. We'll just go uh, follow the Bruins everywhere. Yeah. Um, all right. We can review. And the Bruins start on uh, January 12th versus the Seattle Kraken, the upstart Kraken, uh, and lose 3 to nothing at home, their first regulation home loss of the season. First game back after the trip, and Montgomery talked about mental fatigue, and it showed. Kraken played a great road game. Martin Jones was good in this one when he needed to be. And again, first home regulation loss to a Kraken team that's pretty good. They are. They're playing well, and it was a and it was a good road game by them, and and they did play well. But it did appear the Bruins were kind of mentally and physically exhausted coming back from the trip. Had a great road trip and uh, kind of a letdown at home. One of those scheduled loss type of things. First game back after a long trip. So uh, you know you take it with a grain of salt, especially with with it being the first loss. Um, you know regulation loss at home, and it's January twelfth. I know. So, you know, chalk that one up to uh, boys had a bad night and uh, let's move on. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you're going to lose some home games. I mean, that's, you know, out of 41 of them, you're going to lose some of them. Um, And and Martin Jones has turned it around. I mean, he's, he was pretty good. And, and there was a time there when, you know, I thought he just wasn't, wasn't a very good goaltender at all, but he's, he's really turned it around. So uh, the Kraken's pretty good. Uh, played a really good road game. So then January 14th versus the Maple Leafs, and this was a great one. Playoff atmosphere, Bruins win it 4-3. to three. Great fight early between Felino and Simmons, and that set the tone. It was kind of a chippy, crispy game from beginning to end. Both teams wanted this one. The Bruins had lost four in a row to the Leafs, outscored 18-9, to nine. and the Bees get down early on a power play goal by Bunting, who I thought was very good all night. That line was very good. Uh, Bees come back to tie it. When Marchand finds Bergeron in front Leafs retake the lead on an Engvall rush uh pasta equals it on a quick snap through the five hole for his 33rd of the year and AJ Greer gets a big goal gives the bees the lead on a nice play by the fourth line the least tie it early in the third on a filthy tuck from Matthews just under the bar short side high and tight uh Grizzlick who's been excellent and we'll talk about that coming up but mm-hmm. he wins it late with great traffic from Krejci it wasn't perfect, but the bees and Grizzly even talked about it. He, he thought the effort was there the whole 60 minutes. Look, the Leafs are really, really good, and the bees keep battling and come out on top. 
Yeah, I thought it was a great hockey game. It really was entertaining from beginning to end. You know, both teams, very skilled. You know, you saw it from Matthews. Marner's just has unbelievable vision for for a guy. He's just so slick with the puck. And and, uh, uh, he's very similar to Marshan, in my opinion, as far as like his vision and and just moves in tight with the puck. You know, not the Mm -hmm. chippiness and, and maybe not the goal scoring that Marshan uh, brings, but uh, just just unbelievable vision and and a great all around game. And the Bruins find a way late. Uh, it was kind of a back and forth game all night long, and um, you know uh, the better team came out on top. Yeah, it was a Bruins. It was a playoff atmosphere, and and it was you know it was a type of you know a win that that you, that you need in the playoffs. And uh, these two teams face each other. My God, what what a series that would be! Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, really unbelievable. Um, all right, January sixteenth versus the Philadelphia Flyers and John Tortorella, and the Bruins dominate this one six nothing win. It's David Krejci's one thousandth game. He's the first star with three points. Uh, his line was fantastic all afternoon with both Pasternak and Zaka getting two goals and an assist. Zaka, fresh off his contract extension, was phenomenal all afternoon. And Pasternak gets goals 34 and 35. Uh, should pay him, probably. <laughs> yeah. And after that, it was just a matter of uh, the Bruins could, if the Bruins could preserve the shutout for Swayman, who gets the shutout, uh, his first shutout since last uh, February, I believe. Great mm-hmm. team effort from beginning to end in a game that could have been a letdown after an emotional win Saturday, and I thought it might be. And the Flyers are actually playing pretty well. They were, time, yeah. even though they aren't great. Um, so I thought this was a typical matinee kind of you know, wet fart kind of game. Uh, but the Bruins just took it right to them and, and they would, you know, the Flyers just outclassed. Yeah. I think the, uh, I think the fact that it was Krejci's uh, thousandth game really kind of set the juice up, uh, you know, kind of lifted the Bruins in this one. Uh, I think it could have been, I could, it could have been an opportunity to, to be a real letdown game for them. But I think because of, the juice of it being Krejci's thousandth game, you know, that line especially was, was rolling and, uh, you know, just, uh, proved to be too much for the Flyers and, and, uh, the Bruins were, uh, dominant really from beginning to end. Flyers really didn't have much of a chance in this one. No, not at all. And, uh, here's a stat for you from St. Patrick's day of 2012 to Martin Luther King day of 2023. The, the Bruins make it 19 straight regular season home games with a point against the Flyers, a streak that ranks among the top six in the past 34 years. Wow. They dominate the Flyers at home. Wow. That's crazy. And you know, and you know who else dominates the Flyers is David Krejci. Yeah, he does. He's made a living mm-hmm. on just completely destroying the Flyers. I mean, his numbers are crazy. Um, all right, and then January 18th tonight at the uh, New York Islanders. Always a feisty little opponent for the Bruins, but the Bruins get this one 4-1. to one. First period was a little sleepy. Isles scored first on a Parise goal, who's been excellent, 13th of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, second period was better. Long Island's own Charlie McAvoy ties it on a 1-T. And then it's uh, Derek Forbrook gives the bees the lead with a pinch for far post to bang in a rebound. And they don't look back. Bruins dominate again in the third. Marshall in the power play. Freddie gets one late. Uh, Bergeron takes a puck to the face. Coyle and Smith uh, <laughs> get the assists on Freddie's goal in the Bruins cruise. Yeah, it looks it looked like Bergeron may have broken his nose again. Uh, yeah, just so. a just a terrible deflection, you know, off a of one timer hits the skate and right up into his uh, face. Looks like it caught him on the right cheek. 
uh, nose area. Um, I don't know if he missed any shifts, may have missed one, uh, but uh, right back out there and, and, you know, makes a key defensive play, you know, later in the, in the period. So uh, seems to be okay. Uh, Montgomery said after the game that will, uh, they're going to take x-rays just as a precaution, but it will be up to Bergeron whether he plays tomorrow night against the Rangers. So um you may see him sit that one out just as kind of a maintenance thing, give him a little bit of a break. Uh, but uh, Bergeron being the player and the person and the captain of the team that he is, I feel like he'll uh, he'll be fighting his way to try to get into the lineup. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, <clears throat> I would think he would. But uh, like you said, it might be it might behoove him to have just a little bit of a maintenance game, a back-to-back um, there. And that was, you know, Bergeron just being a hockey player, coming back to the oh, yeah. to the bench pretty much right away mm-hmm. with all sorts of gauze and cotton up his nose. And it definitely looked broken. It looked like it was a little weathered there uh, on the bench. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Seven Chirp, sponsored by Lops Brewing. Lops is a brewery and tasting room in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, specializing in small batch ales and lagers. It's open seven days a week. Use the coupon code SPORTS to get 10% off your online order. Go to lopsbrewing.com. And also follow them at Lops Brewing on social media for new beers and events. Chirp number one, are the Bruins peaking too early? And, and Michael Felger on 98.5 The Sports Hub had this quote, if you don't have a worry in the back of your head that they are going to gag, then I don't think that you're a real Bruins fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know about the peaking too early part. I would have said yes if they had rolled off like, you know, 10 in a row lately and it was just kind of a, right. a string. But they've really been playing this way all year long. So I don't know if you could say it's a peak when they've been playing at the same level all year. Uh, They might just be this good. It it seems like Mm -hmm. they are. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, obviously you worry. You know, they've they've come out to, uh, you know, a record start. They're the second best, second team in NHL history to get to 35 wins in 40 games. The only other team to do it was the 29-30 Bruins. And we've talked about that. That's one of the top, uh, two to three Bruins teams of all time. You throw the 29, 30 Bruins in, the 70, 71 Bruins, and this team is right there. So, um, you know, you do you do have a, uh, you know, a little bit of a concern there just because, you know, they've played so well, you would hate to see them lose um, because they've been good all year, and, and it may be the last kick at the can for Krejci and Bergeron. Uh, so, yeah, you, you would hate to see it. I don't know if you're going to, if you call it a gag, maybe, you know, uh, but I, I just feel like, you know, this team has been good for as so good for so long that I, I, I don't really think it's a peak. And, and I think that's really just their level of play. Yeah, I agree. I think this is who they are and this. You know, they're 35, five and four. I mean, it's like you said, they haven't rattled off 10 or 12 in a row. It's 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 all year long. It's it's they're the best team in hockey. They um, they've shown it all year. Um, they haven't had any slumps or anything. It's uh, yeah, it's the consistency. You know, it's the yeah, consistency. This is just who they are, and, yeah. and it, you know, to to think, you know, it's really hard. Like, honestly, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs are really good. I mean, but to think that any any team would beat the Bruins four times in the series is they have they've lost five times all year, right? Like, I so I it's it's um, I don't think I don't think I'm too worried about the peak peaking. Here's what I am worried about: it's just so hard to win the cup. Like yeah. It's so hard to win the cup. It is. And, and it's a grind. And I, 
just because, you know, they could lose and, and not win the cup. Of course they could. And yes, it would be extremely disappointing, but you know, I don't think it's a gag. I think that, you know, it, they, they, they could lose. It's just, it's just a hard, it's the hardest championship to win. So, um, all right. Chirp number two, does facing Toronto in the playoffs scare you to death? It does. It does me too. It Holy does. Moly. I mean, it, and it has for a while. They just have so much talent up front that you can't make mistakes on defense because the because their forwards are just are just too good. So if you make mistakes, it's in the back of your net. If you step the wrong way, you know, Nylander's by you, or Marner's by you, or Tavares is by you, and they're setting up Matthews, or they're setting up you know whomever. Uh, to, to bunting, to score goals. So uh, they just have so many weapons and uh, just so much talent there that it has to it has to scare you a little bit. You know, their goaltending, not great. You know, their defense still, I think, is a little suspect. So I think you could take advantage of them uh, in, in some areas. But they just, they have so much talent, so much young talent uh, that um, it's going to be a difficult you know, that's going to be a difficult series if Toronto can get through whoever they play, you know, in the first round. I'd assume the Bruins won't see them in round one. but Right. I, you know, the I think this is the uh, the Maple Leafs make it past round one. I think it's just too good. I, I think I think that and a lot of people rip on them, and so do we. I mean, it's mm-hmm. – but this this team here, this, this almost seems like they're so due and they're so good that this could be the year that they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, it could this, be. This could be the year. It could so, be. And if that's the matchup between those two teams, that would be fantastic. Yeah, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a difficult. I think they're gonna you know, they're probably gonna have to play Tampa to get out of there to get out of round right. one. Um yeah. the way it looks right now anyway. And they I mean that's not gonna well be an easy that's not gonna be an easy series for, for, for Toronto. So uh no. you know, Tampa's been there. They have guys that have yep. won, that have won multiple cups. Uh yep. they're not gonna be an easy out. They're not gonna give it away. So Toronto's gonna have to earn it, and that's gonna be one hell of a series too, I think. Sure. sure. So yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, but it does scare me to death. I mean, it feels like the old Canadians teams, like they just, it just feels like they're going to score every shift. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, chirp three. Pavel Zaka signs a four-year extension for $4.75 million per year. Your thoughts on this deal? I like it. I, I really do. I think it's... Um... You know, if if he's going to be your two three center, you know he's right in there, just under coil, uh, money wise, because um, he hasn't played as probably as much center as Coil has. That's probably the reason. Maybe he's a little bit lower, but you know he's still a young guy. It's his first year with this team. He's a little snake bit offensively as far as scoring goals, but he makes so many smart little plays. Uh, talk about a guy with great vision and great hockey sense. He has that. Uh, and I think, you know, the more he can build chemistry with, with Pasternak and Krejci or Hall or whoever he's playing with at the particular time, you know, I think the better off he'll be. And the goals will come. I think the goals will start to come as, uh, as you know, as the other night. You know, he gets a couple. Uh, so maybe he breaks out of it. He had a wicked one-timer uh, goal the other oh, night that was just ridiculous. Yeah. And um, people will say that he has probably the second best like release on the team behind Pasternak. He just has a really, really good shot. Uh, so I think the goals will come. Uh, and I think it's a great deal as you get him, you know, for the beginning and, and into uh, some of his prime years. Yeah. I mean, he already has, I mean, he's three away from most assists uh, in a, in a season for him. Uh, and he has seven goals and 
uh, you know, 28 points in 43 games. I think it's a really good deal. Like this, you know, people saying on social media and such that um, that it was, you know, a little a little too much or what. I I don't think so. I mean, this is under five million bucks for a guy who's 25 years old who yeah. can play all over the ice, like in these get enormous high hockey IQ. If Charlie Coyle signed that deal, what it, what it was it two or three years ago mm-hmm. at that number, and you're getting Zaka at this number, you, you know, still less. I think that's really good. I like, agree. I think it's really good. Yeah. So, um, so I think that's uh, that's a good deal for them, and for four years too. It wasn't just a bridge mm-hmm. for a couple of years to prove it. It's four years, so you get this guy till he's 29. And I think his potential, I think there's still a ceiling for you. I think there's still a little bit of higher ceiling for him too. So I, I love the deal, especially with your center situation going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I just think it's really good. Um, all right. So chirp number four is asked if they're all in at the trade deadline after the Toronto game, Don Sweeney said he would quote balance it live in the moment for what this group wants to accomplish. I'll do the best job I possibly can. How do you read into that? I, the balance of part, I'm not sure. I, the balance of part, I'm not sure I love. Yeah, okay? This is the, the typical Don Sweeney. So that means defense. like we're playing for now and we're playing for the future. I don't want to play yeah. for the future. You have guys that are nearing the end who deserve to win another cup. Okay, Bergeron, Krejci. Those guys, Marchand, those guys deserve another cup. So if you can go out and get Bo Horvat by trading a first, Lysel, Lowry, whatever, your entire farm system, you will go out and get the guy and you figure out the money later. Okay? Yeah. You get him. Yep. And you, yep. and you plug him into your top six. There's, I mean, there's a guy who's having a career year right now. He has over, he has 30 goals, I believe, in 43 games or something yep. like that. He's having an unbelievable yep. season. Um, yep. You know, so you go out and you get a guy like that. And you roll the dice and you say, we're in it to win it. Let's go. Uh, so I don't like the balancing. I like the, we're going to try to what do what these guys want to accomplish. We're going to go and get pieces. We're going to get you know, a center or another forward when to go and get, you know, a, another D man who could be, you know, I would love to see them. Uh, you know, they pr- probably don't have enough to trade, but I'd love to see them get another top four ish guy that you yeah. could uh, replace Grizzly with, uh, you know, to play with Kylo. Um, mm-hmm. So you had McAvoy and Lindholm and then Kylo and insert, you know, other defensemen, whoever it mm-hmm. is. Um and if you do that, then and you and you don't win, you mean you did everything you could. You tried your best, right? And and uh, I think that's what he should be trying to do. I think so too. I I look. This team is really good, and I <clears throat> I just hope that they don't. If he does, if he just stands pat, that there's still enough. That there's still enough there. And that sounds crazy since they're thirty five five and four. But you know, it if it, if there's an injury or something like, are you still do you still have? I don't know. Enough to beat Toronto in four games, I, you know, seven games. I don't know. So I'm with you. I, I'd like to get, I'd like to see them try to get Chikrin and, and put him in the top four. And, and there's a guy that you can have going forward. So if you were to trade like a low rye, I'd rather have the proven guy. Same thing with Horvat. Mm-hmm. I'll trade Lysel for Horvat because it's sure. a proven guy. Sure. Like, and he's a center and he scored 30 goals in the league. Exactly like, you right. You don't know what you're going to get from Lysel. No. Nope. Like, you have no idea. Like, maybe Lysel will be a 25, 30 goal scorer. Who knows? But yeah. maybe not. Maybe not. But Horvat is. Yep. So, um, 
You know, Same I, with a guy I, like I, Brett Harrison. I would trade Harrison. I would trade Poitras. Yeah, like, yeah I trade whatever. I trade any of those guys. None mm-hmm. of those guys are can't miss Connor Bedard. None of no. those guys are. So I trade any of them to get a proven guy, especially a guy that you could have going forward. And Horvat again, just like Zaka, he fixes that. He 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 satisfies that need you have at center. Mm-hmm. Going forward, so yep. if you went into next year with Horvat, Zaka, Coil, pretty still pretty good, so pretty good, still pretty good. Yep. So uh, I'm with you. Go for it. Uh, all right, chirp five. David Krejci gets to 1,000 games. I think he's the most underrated Boston athlete. I think he might be the most underrated hockey athlete, Boston hockey. Yep. You know, hockey athlete. Yep. I'm I'm sure there's probably some underrated. Um, some underrated, you know, Red Sox guys and Celtic guys and and so forth. But uh, he's got to be up there, though. I'm trying to think right now, and I can't off the top of my head think of other other guys more underrated than him. I mean, he's played a thousand games. He's won a Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, he's great in the playoffs. Um, you know, he kind of had a revolving door of wingers there for a long while, where he could have probably had even better numbers than he does now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I, he's got he's right up there. I I can't he's off the top of my head think of someone else that's that's more underrated right now. So yeah, right. yeah, I would I would think it's him. How about how about in the league in his era? Is he up there for underrated players in the NHL during his era? Yeah, absolutely. I think and, he is. I mean, I think of Joe Pavelski as a yeah. guy who's underrated. I mean, he's put up ridiculous numbers. He's mm-hmm. he's a great hockey player, and he doesn't get a lot of talk about it being that way. And I think Krejci's, Krejci's in that mix too yeah. of guys who have put up really good numbers. And Krejci has been a tremendous postseason player. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. Like he can, he has, you know, in 2010 before he got hurt, he was terrific and they were headed. I still believe they were headed to potentially win the cup that year. Yeah. And then the next year he was terrific when they won the cup. Mm-hmm. And in 13, he was terrific as well. So I think he's certainly up there and you know, it's some of it's his demeanor. And, and again, I think that David Krejci is not a Bruins type of player and similar to Tukarask. I think that holds him back some here. Like he's not a, he's not a grind, you know, he's not a big grinder like Milan Lucci. He's not like that big fan favorite type of yeah. Bruin. Terry O'Reilly, mm-hmm. you know, you know that thing. Yeah, he's not a hitter. So he's not he's, he's not overly physical. He just has, you know, great hands and great vision and, and rises to <laughs> right. rises to the right. moments when you need him to ride to rise to the moments. I mean, right. that's that's what yeah. he that's what he's done that uh, you know, it pretty much his whole career here. So um yeah, I mean he's not typically um, you know, what you would get the fans, you know, clamoring for around here, but um he certainly is, has uh, has done you know tremendous tremendous work since he's been uh, a, a Bruins player and um, you know he deserves all the accolades and and hopefully he he'll get uh, another cup come uh, you know late June. Do you think would you retire his number? Probably, probably. Okay. Yeah, I mean I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, um, but I think he's. You know, played his entire career with the Bruins, a thousand games. You know, only the seventh player in Bruins history to do that. You know, 
what is he closing in on, you know, seven, 800 points, 800 points, something yeah. like that. Closing on 800. Yeah. Uh, so 60 something. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. I think it would be, I think it, well, you put it this way. Like, I think it would look weird if someone else had 46 on. So yeah, that's my, I, I that's my, that's my kind of, you know, criteria for saying yes, retire it. Cause I don't think so. I don't think anybody else should wear it. So there you go. Yeah. You know, he's one of only three to play a thousand with the Bruins and never play for another team. Bergeron and Cashman are the other two. Yeah. And Cashman wasn't see to me, Cashman and Krejci, their numbers are eerily similar, like eerily similar. Um, so can you know, the only argument I have is that Cashman needs to get his number up there because yeah. he's, you know, up there too. And he was a long time Bruin. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think Krejci, I still think Rask, obviously Bergeron, Chara, mm-hmm. Should I and then and then sixty three? I mean, Marsha. Yeah, sure. All those should be up there yep. at some point. I think they will be. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right. So, uh, chart number six, the mid season grades. So I did I did a uh, little thing on mid season grades on on inside the rink dot com, mm-hmm. and um, did everyone get a every, everyone got an A plus. Everyone, <laughs> no, How about no, this? no, okay, no. How about this? How about at the time? Now, this is the mid season, so this is you know, game 41, right after the uh, was that Seattle? Was that the loss? Seattle was a loss, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I had Brad Marshand at a, at a B, and the reason why I had him at a B was I just didn't think. Although his point production was there, I just didn't think he was playing the same way until he got pissed off yeah. at the trip call, mm-hmm. non-trip call. Yeah. And that's completely turned him around to where he's five goals, eight assists, whatever it is. He had another yeah. goal tonight, six goals, whatever, <laughs> yeah. nine assists yeah. in 11 games, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so he was at a B then. He's probably more at a B plus, A minus now. Uh, yep. David Pasternak, I had an A. Sure. I mean, yeah. he, he yeah. yeah. And A's fine because, I mean... There's probably, you know, there's a handful of bad turnovers he's had and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, games where he's floated a little bit and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, that can knock him down from an A-plus. But he's probably like a, whatever, like a on the verge of an A-plus. You know, what's an A? 95, 96, and an yeah. A-plus is 97. So he's probably, he's like at a 95 and a half, 96. He's like on the edge. Where, yeah, uh, I was with you. I, I almost had him at A-minus, but the two things that jumped out to me was his point production so high and his goals are so high yeah. and his average ice time was so high mm-hmm. above and beyond what he's done. Like he's playing like 21 minutes a game. Yeah. So I went, I went with a, yeah. um, Patrice Bergeron, I went with a minus, okay. um, 15 goals at the time, 15 goals, 18 assists, 33 points opponents that scored 10 even strength goals against them. And his uh, face off dot, he was 62%. So that was all. Yeah, that doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like he deserves a minus at all. No, he, he probably deserves an A. Yeah, he probably does. I mean, it's it's uh, tough it to give guys hard. below an A when the team has fucking five losses. I'll I tell know, you. I know. I know. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Uh, so you're being a, you're being a tough way. grader, and and that's fine. We can yeah. we can deal with that. Yeah. Now I'm being a typical Bruins fan. Yeah. Uh, Taylor Hall a B because I thought his production tailed off a bit right before the grades. Yeah, he's uh, been he's, he's been great. a little bit he's. Been, so I think lately he's been playing well. He it's just yeah. not showing up on the score sheet for him lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it it has tailed off a little bit, uh, you know, of late. And I see, you know, he is that he is a play driver. I mean, yeah, Trent Frederick's production is largely due to Taylor Hall. Sure, largely. 
because he's a play driver. He me he, he you have to he is a weapon on the ice with a skating ability. Oh yeah. His zone entries alone uh oh, you know allow for you know a multitude of offensive chances which wouldn't no happen doubt. otherwise. Yeah. Right, no doubt. And then and then baby dare on ice uh Trent Frederick can find a spot and, <laughs> and bang it home. Like tonight, uh, toe pick goal. <laughs> yeah, like tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, Charlie McAvoy had a B. And just because uh, I thought he was trying to kind of work his way back, mm-hmm. uh, him and Grizzly had a tough stretch they there did. together. They did. Well, they weren't great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, his points—he's uh, a point per game guy. Yeah, he's been—he's been really good the last handful of games. As has Gr- yeah. as has Grizzly. Sure, sure. Uh, Charlie Corley had a B plus. I think I think Charlie Corley's been really good and kind of underrated. I think he's been really good most nights. Yeah. Um, great pass tonight to set up Freddie for the uh, sure. for the fourth goal. Uh, yeah, and he, you know, it seems like he's kind of taking it more to the dirty areas a little bit. Uh, he had a few tonight where he was just kind of, you know, dropped his shoulder and, and took it to the net and uh, created a little havoc around there, which he should be doing a lot of, especially yeah. if, you know, he's going to be playing with Frederick and, and whomever the, you know, the other wing is, whether it's Zaka or Hall or or whoever. But, yeah, uh, yeah dro- drop your shoulder, take it to the net and cause some havoc and, and you know, bang pucks in. Yeah. Uh, now, Matt Grizzlick, I had a C because I thought that Grizzlick uh, had a real tough stretch coming back from the injury. I thought he was kind of timid at times with physicality, maybe because of it. Yeah. But he is like shot out of a can in the last six or eight games. Yeah, he's he been he's been terrific. terrific. Yeah. Basically, yeah. since we said that it was time for him to sit down uh, <laughs> and watch a few. And and maybe it had something to do with Zaboral being a seventh defenseman in that one game where they kind of put Zaboral in and uh, mm-hmm. that took a little bit of his ice time. Maybe that was the wake up call he needed because basically since since then or right around then, um, you know, he's been really, really good uh, and his offense has been much better and he still, you know, has the skating ability and the elusiveness to get pucks out of his own zone. So, um, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic for the last six, eight games. Yeah, and Kreslik uh, was, I, think his, I thought his best game was against Toronto. And it's a good matchup because of their skating ability and his skating ability. Mm-hmm. But not only just the goal, the, the game-winning goal, but just the whole game. I yeah. thought he was really, really good. Uh, Pavel Zaka had a B. He's been solid. Good high IQ guy. Uh, again, his goal production is a little down and so forth. But, you know, he's you know, third or fourth on the team in assists. I mean, he's he's doing a lot of really good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's been solid. Jake DeBrusque had an A minus. I mean, he's been terrific. He's been he he might be probably more of an A, but uh, but he's just been really really good. And of course, he got hurt, and we thought it might hurt them a bit, but it really hasn't. I mean, they've they've still been able to score. It speaks to their depth offensively in the top six. Um, now, Craig Smith, I had a C minus. I just think it's you know, he's just kind of been slowly but surely, you know, I think he's been a little bit better lately. I mean, he did score a goal recently and yeah, yeah, but he's had an just assist tonight struggling. Too. Yeah, he's just he's just um obviously he's getting toward the end, I think. Yeah, I mean he's, he's just a he, big tape player. Yeah, he has been better of late, but he did struggle for for a large por- uh, portion of the early part of the season, and he was in and out of the lineup. So that tells you all you need yeah. to know. You know, if he's splitting time with AJ Greer or or whoever, um, you know, he's obviously not playing as well as you know they would like him to play. So um, yeah, that's a that's fair. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of the year, he you know, Loco played over him, and I mean, it was yeah. some different 
guys in there. Uh, AJ Greer, I had a C. I mean, the last like, against uh, Toronto, I thought he was really, really good. I thought he was. I thought he was doing the things he needs to do. But there was a large stretch of time there where he, similar to Frederick last year, was just not providing what they need from him, and it kind of disappearing. Yeah, he started off really hot. I mean, a couple goals yeah. early, and and you know everybody was was on the AJ Greer you know bandwagon, and then he cooled off and and didn't really hit or anything, and and was just kind of out there for for a large part of the you know of the middle of the schedule. So um, you know the fact that he's gotten back to it a little bit lately is great. Um, maybe that creates some internal competition between, you know, Greer and, and Smith and, you know, no six, a little banged up now. So Coppinen's gotten in there a little bit. So um, that can only help the team in the long run to have, you know, a little bit of competition between those guys who are both, uh, you know, playing a little better lately. Yeah. I mean, if you could, it's good to have, you know, Coppinen in there to give him some experience. Like just in case you need a guy, someone gets hurt in the playoffs or near the playoffs and trying to fill some time there. Um, Hampus Lindholm, I had an A. I mean, I think he's been, I mean, it was a little bit of a tail off here or there, but uh, every time he kind of tails off a bit, he, he rebounds with a really, really good game. And he's, he's been everything they've, they've wanted from him when they got him. He has been uh, everything and more, especially early in the season when McAvoy was out. He really, really picked up the load there. Uh, he leads the team in ice time at almost 24 minutes a game. So, um, you know, he's he's really been uh, everything they could have asked for and more uh, up mm. to this point. Thomas Nosek, I had a C. Um, they love him. <laughs> and, you know, he's good on the dot. He's, he's a, you know, they, they say he's a pretty good penalty killer. There's times where he, you know, is is okay at it. And sometimes he's pretty good at it. Um, doesn't provide anything offensively really. Um, in fact, he's got stone hands. Um, but so, but he's a C player to me. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's the one replaceable player they have in the lineup. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, you know, you like the fact that he can play center and he's responsible defensively and he wins draws. So, um, I, I, I think that's good as a, as a fourth line guy, but if you can upgrade, you know, any of Nosick, Smith, Greer, you know, that, you know, those guys, I think that's where you're looking to upgrade in the forwards. And then, you know, if you can upgrade, uh, you know, Grizzlick's playing well lately, but like a, you know, Grizzlick Clifton somewhere in there, um, right. you know, I think that's where you're looking, you know, to maybe improve the team a little bit come uh, the trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, Derek Forboard, I had a B plus been really, really solid. Missed a little bit of time with injury, but excellent penalty killer tonight. He had six block shots. Um, he yeah, does that just... sort of thing. The, the dirty stuff. Um, he's just a really, really solid defenseman for them and you know it was really telling when he was in the lineup their penalty kill was like at 90 percent when he was out of it it was like at 70 something yeah so it was a significant drop when he was out of the lineup yeah he's he he was a stud tonight six blocks and a goal and and uh just played really well he's he's great on the penalty kill he blocks shots he's tough he's hired in front of their net um, you know, obviously not the greatest skater in the world and, and so forth. And he has some limitations, but uh, he plays his role really well. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they definitely miss his toughness when he was out of the lineup. 
Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, Nick Foligno had a B plus. I mean, he's had a real great rebound year. He's doing you know, the fight in Tor- against Toronto against Simmons. I mean, that's the type of thing he brings to the table. Uh, a little bit more offensively from him this year. He's obviously healthier. Uh, great in the room. Great team guy and uh, providing a really good fourth line uh, role for them. Yeah, he's been he's been great all year long. Um, this is the Foligno I thought the Bruins were going to get last year. Uh, but it just didn't work out, you know, through because of injury or, or whatever the case may be. But he's been really, really good for them this year. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy for him. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a great guy and a, and a great leader. So, um, you know, hopefully he continues to, uh, to continue to play well. Yeah, and then David Krejci had a B, which you could probably convince me to go to B-plus on. The only thing I, you know, I think he's been better lately, but defensively there were some issues there. He was the only minus player for a while in the forward group. Uh, he's now back into, you know, a plus double figures, uh, so it's, it's, he's come along there. Uh, he's obviously lost a step defensively and all that type of thing, but he's still a great playmaking center and much needed. He's helped balance the offense. Um and he's been really good of late, so uh, Krejci gets a B. Yeah, I mean he's the fourth he's the fourth leading scorer on the team, so right. uh, he's right. doing things right. He has eleven goals, uh, twenty three assists, thirty four points. Um, yeah. So and uh, he's he has been really solidified that um, that second second line and uh, really helped out on the power play too. I, I feel like um, you know the second power play with him out there really is. Um, picked up some of the slack when that first power play unit was, was having some struggles a little bit. Um, him and that second unit really kind of uh, had things going there for a little bit. So uh, yeah, Krejci has been a, a huge addition um, to kind of solidify that uh, middle six of the Bruins. Brandon Carlo, I had a B minus and that's only because he crept up from a D early on <laughs> because he was, he wasn't very good early on. Yeah. But now at the time uh, of, at the mid season, uh, at the mid season of the uh, mid schedule, uh, 59 blocks at that time, he has more now and then just eight giveaways. Uh, and he's been really much better with the puck. He's been shut down D. I mean, again, <clears throat> when he gets rolling, uh, and he gets in a good mindset. He's really good. Yeah, he's a, he's a shutdown defenseman, and he's big, and he's physical, and he can skate, and he's doing all the right things. You know, the last, you know, probably going on a month or so now, uh, sure. up to plus twenty three now. So uh, yeah. he's really having a, a really a really good year after a little bit of a of a you know shaky start. Yeah, uh, Trent Frederick has a B. He scored again tonight. His tenth goal of the season. Uh, just two goals away from having the same amount that he had the last two seasons combined. Um, and he's been really good. As I said, I think Taylor Hall has helped him playing obviously with Coyle and Hall has really helped. He just seems his skating seems to be a little better. He's never going to be, you know, Guy LaFleur out there, but he's, he's been better. Um, and he's been not taking dumb penalties. He hasn't really, you know, he last year, I think he got caught up in, I have to be this type of guy, enforcer guy, and then he would do it at the wrong time, mm-hmm. and it would just be awkward at times. Now he just goes out and plays. He bangs. He hits. He he's you know he gets an opportunity in front. He scores it, and that's really he's keeping it simple, and it's done well for Freddie. Yeah, I think so. I think I think all of that's true. I think uh, having Montgomery. Uh, and the coaching change certainly helped. I think uh, mm-hmm. Cassidy was in his head. I think when 
he went out there and made a mistake. He knew he wasn't going to play after that. There was, you know, I, I think he's just playing much freer now. Plus, he's 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 has some more experience. He's been in the league now for a little bit. Uh, he has a lot of veteran guys to rely on. He was playing with Felino and Coyle there for a while. So, you know, those are those are both good pros, good guys. They pay attention to the details. Um, they play a pretty straight-ahead game. And I think all that stuff kind of fits with Freddie and the way he wants to play. So, um, you know, good for him for, for kind of figuring it out and, and uh, really starting to chip in and blossom now uh, this year with his, with his 10 goals, like you said. <laughs> Now, now, Jakob Zaborl, uh, <clears throat> I had a D-plus, which is probably a little harsh, but, you know, just 14 games, sat for the longest time as a healthy scratch. Um, not the same as he was in preseason. Now now I'm starting to get the, the idea that maybe against in the preseason he's playing against 4A players. Yeah. But, now, but then uh, he kind of hit a rut early on and then didn't see much ice time. And <clears throat> a little bit of a disappointing season for him. But it also speaks to the fact that Clifton and Forbort uh, have been so good. Yeah, you really where are you going to put them? Yeah, you can't really, you can't really. There isn't really a spot for him in the lineup. So I would probably say instead of like a D, whatever, I'd probably give him like an incomplete and yeah. say, you know, he's coming back off of a fairly major injury. Um, mm-hmm. Those usually take a while to kind of heal fully. So I would give him the benefit of the doubt and call it an incomplete because uh, I just think he hasn't really had the time. Um, to get out there and kind of work his way through it because the team, you know, around him has just been so good. There really isn't much of an opportunity for him to play. Right. Uh, Connor Clifton, I had a solid B. Uh, Cliffy Hockey, nobody, maybe Frederick is the other guy, nobody has, has really benefited as much as Clifton has from Jim Montgomery being the coach. I mean, this is, he is able to play freely. Cliffy hockey has been much more positive this year. He's able to jump into the play. I think he's just feels better playing this style Mm -hmm. and he hits, he's very physical. He plays a little bit of an edge for them. Um, And he's been just really, really good all season long. He has been, he has been, you really can't uh, fault him uh, at all. And I think, um, you know, he, he, especially early on when they really needed him to, um, you know, with McAvoy being out, he, he really stepped up and was playing, you know, a lot more minutes and, and, and playing really well. I think, you know, lately, um, you know, he's been exposed a little bit by some, you know, good teams with speed, you know, coming down the wing and kind of turn him around a little bit there and, and so forth. He's not the, not the most fluid skater. So he kind of gets, uh, you know, a little bit discombobulated and so, so forth sometimes. But uh, overall he's been, been really, really good. And, and uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him because he's going to be probably looking for a fairly good sized raise uh, after this year, I believe. Um, And uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to give it to him. Man, I I don't know, but you know, with 27 other teams with $3 million or less in, in salary cap space, I'm not sure other teams have enough either. So who knows? True enough. He could be a bridge guy. He could be another, you know, one-year, mm-hmm. one-mill bridge to get to something else the following year. Uh, and then Anton Strallman, I had him yeah. at a D. probably should have an incomplete. Um, part of it is own fault. It wasn't great. And then the, the other part was, again, where are you going to put him? When guys came back earlier than you thought from injury, you thought you needed him for insurance. You thought he would play a bunch early. He only played eight games, yeah. sat for the longest time, minus three. 
he's 36 years old. He can't sit for two weeks and then go in and play NHL hockey. It's just, no. it just seemed like that was not a good fit for him. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, I mean, they I think he's probably done with the Bruins. I think they'll look in another direction to, to fill, right. you know, the defensive depth role, uh, moving forward. So, um, you know, thank you for your service. I thought it was a good signing at the time for a little, little bit of depth, uh, didn't really work out as well as probably he or the team would have liked. Uh, and, and, you know, same with Zaboral, you know, other guys that were in the lineup were just playing better. Uh, so, right. you know, I mean, you have to go with kind of the hot hand at that point and, and, uh, you know, those guys earned their minutes and, and left Stroman and Zaboral on the outside looking in. Yeah. And I, and I'm with you. I thought, and you know what, it was a good move at the time. They, I mean, they needed to do it. Yeah. I thought they needed so. Some insurance yeah. there. I mean, it's, it's just, it just, it is what it is. Um, with Stroman. All right. And then the goaltenders, Linus Allmark, a plus, because that's the highest you can give him. I would have given him a, you know, a plus plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been outstanding. He's been the best goaltender in the league. Uh, and, and consistent all the way through There's there's, you can count on one hand an iffy goal. Like he's just been unbelievable. Yeah. And it's, uh, he's been unbelievable and it's last, last playoff, you know, Swayman went in for him because he just wasn't very good. And you thought, okay, what are they going to do with this guy? What are they going to do with the goaltenders? And now I'm thinking, what are you going to do with Swayman? Yeah. Because you can't have both, you know? So, uh, going forward anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then Jeremy Swayman, I had it at a B minus at the time. He's been much better lately. He has. Been. Uh, he's, he's starting to find the groove as a backup, like getting it in a, getting in a good mental state. He's in a good run right now. And they have just a really good two headed monster there. Yeah. His save percentage now, Swayman's up to nine, uh, nine, 12. So, uh, he's definitely kind of, um, rebounded from a, from a, you know, tough start and the injury and, and stuff. So he's had to battle through some stuff early in the season. Um, you know, and it's good to see him playing so well, you know, of late gets the shot out against the flyers. So, um, you know, they, they, as a tandem, you know, probably, you know, looking at the Jennings trophy too, you know, as, as, sure. uh, as you know, Best goalie tandem in the league. Hmm. And chirp number seven, Connor McDavid wants 10 minutes of three-on-three hockey in overtime. We are with you, buddy. Yes, we are, Connor. <laughs> Connor Mc, McDavid, yeah. McJesus, whatever you want to I saw right. a thing about, uh, about uh, nicknames today, and it was like, what's the best nickname? And it was McDavid, um, Pasternak, Matthews, and um, one other person who I can't think of what their name was. But it was uh, McJesus, Pasta. Oh, it was uh, Artemi Panarin. Uh, okay. Breadman. And Austin Matthews is Poppy. For, I guess his mom called him that as a kid. Uh, I don't really? know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, the uh, Poppy okay. one stinks, in my opinion. That's, yeah, a, terrible, that's a terrible that's nickname. Yeah. Uh, Breadman is fantastic. Pasta's for t- is fantastic. And the McJesus yeah. thing, I mean, I don't know. Like, he's good yeah. and all, but like... I, I'm I, I, yeah I don't I, I don't really I don't really love that nickname so I'm going with uh I mean we'll we'll go with pasta because he's you know he's he's our guy so yeah. uh and then Breadman second but uh yeah, yeah. anyways the <laughs> 10 minutes of three on three yeah we love it we're with you Connor let's do that uh screw the shot uh the shootout and uh let's go let's go full 10 minutes three on three yeah, 10 minutes, three on three, and then the tie. Just give the tie a point apiece. Yep. And you know what? Uh, no one loves carbohydrates more than I do, so bread, man, and pasta. 
for right on for me. Absolutely. Have a have a serving of pasta, a little bread on the side. You can dip. Oh, fuck yeah. Let's go. All right. Uh, beauties and benders time on the program. And uh, number three, beauty. Jake DeBrusque in the booth. Gonna love you, eh? They're gonna be loving you from dawn until dusk. It was fantastic. He, yeah, he, DeBrusque was really, really good. He's like so Canadian. He's just like, ah, look yes. at these boys, eh? <laughs> like he's just like up there, like, oh, look at the boys like buzzing. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. fantastic. He's great. He brought a, a a a nice vibe to it. He was energetic, uh, which is not exactly uh, Jack, uh, no. except when he gets excited about random stuff. Um, you know, about tumbling muffins and, and, uh, shooting it down the river and so forth. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, I think we need Jake in the, in the booth, uh, until he's healthy, put him in there. Three, three man booth. I agree. I I agree a hundred percent. And the best part was when, when Jack was gonna, was, was introing, uh, he thought Jake DeBrusque's first career goal, and it was actually David Krejci. <laughs> yes. David Krejci Day, you you ding that. <laughs> and Jake was like, "Oh yeah, you got my goal?" And, uh, no, we don't. We're watching David yeah. Krejci. Oh, that's Krejci. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But he was really, really good. So, yeah. and I think a lot of people liked it. Um, all right, beauty number two, Nick Felino's hot mic. So you're telling me I should go and pound his fucking face? In? <laughs> Gonna love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. So Uncle Nicky, just, just, he's just fantastic. I mean, that, if that's not the best hot mic of the season, oh. I don't know what is. I mean, just tremendous, tremendous stuff there. Uh, and, and speaking of hot mics, the, I don't know if anybody saw the Behind the Bee uh, for, for the Winter Classic Edition with Marshand, um, but just he's an all-timer, uh, you know, chirping on the ice and so forth. Oh, and, yeah. and uh I really think that that Nesson Plus should run like a Manning Brothers episode, uh, you know, type of deal, but just have Marshan mic'd up for every game and just yeah. run that as like a separate, you know, run the game uh, on Nesson Plus, but just with Marshan's running commentary. I think it'd be fantastic. Yeah. I would pay to listen to it instead sure. of uh, listening to Jack. Uncensored. Jackson. Yeah, yeah absolutely. uncensored. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and then beauty number one, David Krejci. Gonna love you, eh? They're going to be loving you from dawn until dusk. 1,000 games for Kretsch uh, in a long, really excellent career. And, uh, I, you know, I hope I hope the two of them come back, Bergeron and Krejci, next year. I, I really do because, um, you know, I just, I just don't want a time when we don't have them, we don't watch them play. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the... the- they they're both playing at such a high level too, you know, with both of them, in, you know, in the top, you know, two, three, four of uh, of scoring on the team. So it's not like they're you know losing losing anything. I mean, Krejci may be a step slower, but but his but his mind and his hands are still there. So oh, uh, and Bergeron is just you know whatever he may lose in foot speed, he makes up for in stick position and angles and and just being the smartest damn guy out there, yeah. just all yeah. the time, just just doing all the right things everywhere, uh, you know, all over the ice. So yeah, it's it, it, it's going to be a sad sad day on on this program and and in across. Bruins Nation when those two guys decide to hang it up. Yeah, no question. Uh, All right, time for the benders. Time for the benders, and we'll start with uh, number three, and it is a reach, but it is Jack combining Patrice Bergeron and Zach Parise into Patrice. (laughs) Why, Jack? Uh, Jack just just struggles now. He's having having trouble, and, and 
the announce the interview with Jim Montgomery at the end of games now, when oh, he's asking him torture. questions, is painful. Torture. Just let Brick ask the questions. I mean, mm-hmm. he just he has to have some kind of issue that he's just trying to fight through to get through the season or something like that. Cause it's just, uh, there's something wrong there. I mean, there just is, there has uh, to be. and, uh, to be. you know, he's trying to fight through it. They're trying to fight through it, whatever it is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it, it, it's just not, not great for the, you know, quality of the broadcast. No, he's a he's always been a pontificator, but now he gets lost in the thought, and it takes him forever to get there. Like, okay, Jack. Like, and even when he's interviewing people, like he goes into this long preamble about you know before he gets to the question, and people are just like, okay, okay, Jack. Like, okay, I want to answer this. Okay, 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 okay. And it's just painful, like you said. It's when he had Jake in the booth, you know, trying to ask him a question in his pregames. Like he starts with this soliloquy like where are you going jack and 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 brick is waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and finally can say something and it's just really painful like it's even worse than it used to be and Mm -hmm. you know it obviously he must be okay i mean no one said anything about it no one's no no one's saying anything about it so he must be all right health wise it's just that he's lost a few steps yeah it, it seems like that it seems that way anyway uh, so, uh, bender number two, Travis Konechny. Ah, the bender. Uh, he's just like a little douchey, less talented yeah. Brad Marchand. I mean, yes. you know, he's a good player, but like a lot of whining. Like he got knocked down. He was looking for a call. Then he's trying to, you know, start things up with Felino. Felino would have kicked his ass all over the place. Uh, so, yeah. um, you know, that was the hot mic comment was Felino on Konechny. So, um, yeah. He just he just needs to uh, you know as as um, Trevor Zegers learned settle down there a little bit there Travis you know starting to stir things up and your team got buckled and then you know they're you know starting to take runs at people towards the end like if the Bruins want to I think they could have won by ten in that game if that if the Flyers no were going to keep up the with the uh, shenanigans there uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, Konechny is a bender and, and certainly I, deserves it. I believe it. the term that Flino used was chicken shit. Uh, <laughs> he said he was chicken shit. <laughs> well, I will, we'll let uh, Fliggy, uh, you know, mm. go with, uh, we'll go with Fliggy on that one for sure. Yeah, yes, yes. And uh, bender number one is the Seattle Kraken. Ah, the bender. How dare they beat the Bruins at home? That's bullshit. <laughs> And I won't stand for it. I won't so stand for it. To an expansion team. <laughs> My God. I won't stand I mean, for it. I don't like terrible. it. And it's and and we don't like you cracking. And no. uh no, that was bad. And uh don't do that ever again. It's not it nice. Was. I mean, I, I was surprised at, at how good they are. I mean, I know they have Beniers and I know, you know, they have, you know, Eberly, you know, they have some, you know, okay players, but I, I didn't realize some of their players were as good as they were. I mean, they're they're pretty good. Yeah, Ryan Donato, Jeremy Lozon. Oh, for fuck's sake! Just Is some, Carson Coleman still on that? Probably. Team? Just some, cha- you know, he? just some championship caliber guys. I think the, I think maybe the Bruins mojo is rubbing off on those guys. That's what I it think is. So you know, it was I like so. you know bringing the Bruins players to create that culture in Seattle. It's like yeah. you know leaders like Carson Coleman and Ryan Donato, <laughs> Jeremy Lozon. You know, oh just, God. just, is Lozon playing just, just, just setting the tone. I have no idea if he plays. Yeah, really just setting the yeah. tone for that, for that team and, oh, and that city and that, and that culture. Just, you know, 
It's just those guys, really, just leading the way. Yeah, when you rattled off those names, those guys were on the team. Like, those guys, that's the Bruins were not as good. No, no, they weren't. No, they (laughs) They weren't. They were on the team. They were on the team, and they they played. (laughs) Not only were they on the team, but they played quite a bit. Carson Kuhlman was like a second-line right wing during the playoffs. In the playoffs, yes. Wow. (laughs) I mean. That's bad. Bad. Yes. Bad. not very good. (laughs) No, that's not good at all. No. Okay. So they, there you go. They, they yeah. should bend <laughs> And Carson Coleman is number four. <laughs> now, I guess. I guess. Um, all right. Bruins Benders power rankings and number seven this week. Vegas dropping like a rock. They've dropped two more spots. They've lost two in a row. They've been in a real mediocre stretch here. Um, not sure what the problem is, but they've hit a little bit of a rough patch. Uh, number six, Winnipeg Jets back in. Eight, two, and zero in the last ten, and and they've just been plugging away. That they're, they're actually much better than people thought, and um, and they're uh, top six right now. Number five, Dallas dropped one spot, but they're six, three, and one in their last ten. Dallas has been sort of solid all year long and consistently in these rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto is fourth, dropped two spots. Of course, they lost to the Bruins five, four, and one in their last ten. Still a still a really good team. Uh Carolina drops a spot. They're at three. Five, three, and two in their last ten. Uh so they've been struggling a little bit more. And number two, the New Jersey Devils are up two spots to number two. How about this? They're 18, two, and one on the road. Pretty good. Wow. Pretty That's good. Pretty they're good. a pretty good team. I mean, they had, they had, yeah. there's another team with young, quick forwards yep. uh, that can really cause you some trouble. They have a good, pretty good puck moving D and and a pretty good goalie. So they have a they have a pretty good team overall that uh, is going to give some teams uh, some difficulty. I think when uh, when the playoffs roll around. And uh, Jack Hughes just scored his thirtieth uh, the other night. So. Uh, they, they are pretty good. And then the Boston Bruins are number one again, several weeks in a row now, 35, five and four on the season. So 44 games in and they've won 35 of them. Wow. That's pretty good. Second fastest team in NHL history to 35 ones. Wow. It's, it's just been unbelievable. It really has been. And now we'll go to the teams that won't get 35 wins, maybe in three years. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, c- coming in at number 30, your Anaheim Mighty Ducks, who are, uh, I guess they're just the Ducks now. <laughs> they're not mighty at all. There's nothing no, mighty, mighty about this team. No. Uh, minus minus 85, which is a league wow. worst. Uh, oh. That's that's a lot oh, of goals putrid. against. That's a yeah. lot of goals against. Holy uh, smokes. Yeah. That's not very good at all. Uh, no. the, the Columbus Blue Jackets come in at 31. They have 28 points. And uh, the opposite of the New Jersey Devils on the road, they have three wins, 15 losses, and a tie. Wow. So Columbus uh, yeah. likes to stay in Columbus. Very happy there uh, yes. to the tune of maybe, you know, seven or eight wins at home. But, uh, <laughs> right. yeah. but uh, yeah, they don't like the road at all. So uh, they got to they gotta get their points in Columbus. Uh, and then coming in at number 32, your Montreal Canadiens, 2-7-1. In their last 10, and Brendan Gallagher, B. Galley, out a minimum of six uh, weeks. Uh, uh, you know, we don't like to see anyone injured, but if Brendan no. Gallagher does not want to play on the Canadians, that's fine with me. Yeah, that's fine. And they, you know what? They're foreshadowing, but the uh, Bruins will face the Canadians finally coming up uh, this next week. So uh, finally, 
the Bruins, the old rivalry uh, in late January <laughs> gets renewed. Renewed. Um, all right. Prospect spotlight. Uh, Bruins prospects uh, doing fairly well around uh, the uh, different leagues. And Justin Brazo is a, I guess you could call it Bruins prospect. This kid is 6'5", 245. That's a big dude. Uh, it's a big forward. Uh, one of the knocks on him is a skating ability. Shocker. Uh, shocker. Uh, but he does have 10 goals and 11 assists for 21 points in 33 games for the P Bruins this year. Last okay. year he had that's, 31 points. That's, so That's decent. He's he's decent. And uh, he, t- he tore it up in the Ontario Hockey League with North Bay Battalion back in the day. Had 113 points one year. He went undrafted because of his uh, skating uh you know, issues, mm-hmm. uh, but he's a big, big strapping forward. He's still only 24. Um, and Brazo, uh, you know, may get a shot somewhere, somehow in the league at some point, but that's a guy that doesn't talk about all that much, but he's one of the better point producers on the P Bruins. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's not, that's not bad numbers for a guy, uh, you know, uh, who m- maybe could fill like a power forward type role for you you know, maybe yeah. down the line a little bit. So, uh, maybe. you know, he's a guy, maybe you keep an eye on a little bit, uh, you know, 31 points last year. He looks like he's going to be, he'll eclipse that this year. So mm-hmm. the trend is going in the right direction. Uh, you know, yeah. if he can keep working with the skating coaches and stuff and improve on that a little bit, you know, maybe he gets a shot in the, in the, in the show. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Week ahead for the Bruins, January 19th, second of a back-to-back at the New York Rangers. And then January 22nd rematch against the Sharks at home. And then January 24th at Montreal uh, in the worst team in the Bruins Benders powerless rankings, the Montreal Canadians uh, finally get to renew that little uh, rivalry that has uh, soured some. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a rivalry when one team is good and the other team stinks. It just right. isn't. Uh, it's like it it's like Yankees Red Sox. You know, when both teams are good, it's fantastic. But when one yeah. team is bad, it's 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 yeah. there's no juice to it. I mean, you can nope. it, you you can pretend that there is, and and certainly the the commentators and the and the TV people and the you know. They'll they'll all pretend that it's still a big rivalry, you know, and and all that, and, and then show pictures from you know ten, twenty, thirty years ago, uh, but it isn't right now uh, mm-hmm. because one team is just much better than the other team. Yeah, and you don't have the playoff series. I mean, that's another yeah. thing. You gotta you gotta have playoff series. Uh, all right, we had a Bender's poll this week with with active engagement. Uh, Bruins fans, who would your choice be as a trade deadline addition for the Boston Bruins? We had four choices. Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Jacob Chikrin, and Bo Horvat. All right. I'm voting for Bo Horvat. I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what the people did, but that's, that's my vote. You going over it? Yeah. 536 votes. Okay. Highly engaging. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taves was last with 7%. Coming in uh, third to last was, uh, or second to last, Jacob Chikrin with 18%. Second was Patrick Kane at 23%. And you are correct, sir. Bo Horvat, 52%. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really the move, if you can do it. Yeah. Uh, young, younger, younger player, having a great year, you know, possible center of the future. Uh, so... Like we said before, if 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 you can make that happen, uh, give up 
you know, your entire farm system to, to get it done, you do it and you get it done and you worry about, um, you know, restocking the farm and so forth down the line. But, uh, you know, that's a piece that you could build around for years to come. So he's the one for me. I'm with you. I mean, you can, you can solve a couple of problems. You can add to this team in a big way, yep. and then you can have a guy for the future to play center with Zaka and, um, and kind of have a smoother transition than you might have. So I, I, I like the move a hundred percent and trade whoever the hell you need to trade to get them. 100%. Um, all right, go to InsideTheRink.com for Bruins Benders merchandise. Follow us on the social medias at Bruins Benders on Twitter, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Download the Inside the Rink app. All sorts of good stuff on there. Hey, give us rates and reviews on uh, Apple and subscribe and follow on the podcast platforms and sign up for ESPN Plus at InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN. Thanks again for listening. And we will talk again next week. Go Bruins. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Mm,